Hello and welcome to episode number 337 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back, uh, back talking about things that we really want to talk about, which has been a lot this year already. Um, crazy. Yeah, of course, the, the continued conversations of The Last of Us. Um, may as well just say that right at the, at the start, because it's the thing that we... Don't, don't say those trigger words so early in the episode. <laughs> you really want to derail us now? I was going to say, there's just no point pretending it at this point because, like, we you know we end up talking about it right before doing the show and then right after anyway. So, yeah, it's it's very much on our minds right now. A lot. This is my um, constant. Uh, for sure, for sure, and yeah, it's just only three more weeks to go, which is very very sad. Um, but of course, we have to enjoy it while we can. Um, and yeah, we have a very exciting movie to talk about as well this week. Obviously, we mentioned it in the news last week. Um, it kind of randomly coming out on demand, uh, a bit of Infinity Pool. Um, so we'll get to that shortly. Um, but yeah, a little bit of news this week. No, nothing too much here. There's one thing that pains me to keep talking about, but we genuinely have to. But um, we'll, we'll get to that in just a sec, because I, I definitely want to lead here with something very exciting um, and something that is more of like a public service announcement to the listeners and also one that I know you will be very happy to hear. Um, there's a certain movie that we've uh, kind of talked about, um, funny enough, quite a lot recently seems to keep popping up on the show uh randomly we saw this at fright fest last year and it just keeps coming up and it like naturally in conversation and you know a sign of a good movie that we're always comparing it or, or do you remember how we felt about this um but it is finally out there for the wide audience um and the movie is next exit um is out there so um this is out on amazon was where i checked and yeah you can rent it on on uk amazon um so this is a very low-key release obviously like none of the sort of big um streaming services that decided to pick it up yet it seems to be just you know independently published on amazon um but of course it's out there i would love for there to be some sort of physical release um me too which yeah i can't see right now when you search for next exit it only just comes up the uh, renting the or buying the digital version um but of course this is incredibly exciting because people just couldn't see it unless you were fortunate enough like we were to see it at fright fest last year um so yeah this is uh, i'm sure very exciting to you because this was a movie that was both uh, very close to our hearts wasn't it oh yeah yeah this movie is absolutely fantastic i've i've given it a rewatch already right and um yeah i I loved it second time round. I think, you know, it, it just, it really spoke to me as we said on the Fright Fest show, kind of, you know, it really spoke to me on a, on a, you know, on a really deep level. And I thought, um, you know, second time round kind of, you know, you know where it's going and it still was equally as enjoyable. And I think, mm. um, you know, the, uh, I think when we said, when we saw it at Fright Fest, we almost wish we could have done our own episode on it because it feels like it should be able to mm. have its own episode. Whereas, well, it was literally last week it came up because, you know, Candyland would have been a fun, short Fright Fest conversation as opposed to a potentially a full episode. And, and mm. yeah, and I feel like Next Exit would have been a great full episode. But, but yeah, I, I gave it the rewatch instantly. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I absolutely love this movie. You really need to go out and see it. If, um, you know, it's 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 not... You know, it's not a, a, a conventional horror movie. I think that's mm. the only caveat I'd say to a to a listener of a horror movie podcast. If you want uh, blood, guts, and gore, then you know maybe, maybe you need to stick towards more of the Candyland sort of picks. But uh, 
yeah, this this movie really blew me away and was just a really special drama that had this, you know, had had scenes of tension in, but it was really just this great character piece of these these two people on this road trip and just you know um, dealing with their lives and getting to know each other. And yeah, I, I think it's a must watch. Yeah, I am really much looking forward to um, watching this a second time around. Uh, hopefully soon. It's definitely one of those movies though that like you got to be in the headspace for it. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready for that right now. There's kind of already, you know, a last of us is just so emotional every single week that I don't think I need more of this in my life right now, but I definitely will come around to that. Um, we kind of have these different spells and we've talked about it before on the podcast when certain movies hit you at certain times. Um, I remember when we've had a few of our more, I guess, divisive films that we've kind of differed on and, and it probably has been the more emotional ones because they really are more of like a time and a place style movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they speak to you at that moment exactly whereas i feel like at the minute because i'm getting so much heavy stuff with the last of us i am looking for lighter films right now um and i think that's why stuff like last you know yeah i think that's why like a violent night just hits well and movies like that that you can kind of just you know watch and have fun with and it i think that was what was weird about unwelcome was like it hit both those aspects so strongly um because it's it's definitely unfair to say that it is just wacky and zany which it definitely gives you that because but it also has this like crazy emotional core to it um but yeah everyone check out next exit like we said it was uh one of our strongest recommendations out of fright fest overall really and just you know stunning performances really really makes you think think but you gotta be in the mood for some feelings so uh be warned on that one um yeah feelings <laughs> will be felt watching that movie yes um but yeah next up this is the one that i said i i just it pains me to bring it up because we've talked to death about this movie um but it is worth putting in here because this was the next sort of notable update that we were going to talk about and it's that godforsaken megan um which can't seem to get rid of that bloody doll this year um no exactly but this is to do with the unrated version obviously we've to quickly recap we've talked it to death the you know the kind of change in to get a pg-13 rating to kind of capitalize on the teen audience that was you know wanting to see this movie after it blew up on social media last year um it was probably the right call because it made a lot of money at the box office and obviously the green letter sequel but i think it was in my opinion that it was lacking horror but i also think the final edit was just shit because it was so crudely um edited out a lot of the scenes in my opinion um but now we get to this obviously there was lots of talk about it it existed and it's coming very very soon so megan um when it arrives on digital um which is the 24th of february so later this week um it's both versions so if you buy it you get the unrated version and the theatrical version um this is also the case on the sort of dvd and blu-ray which comes march 21st so again you get both versions on the disc um and then also as part of this in the states um this movie will be streaming on peacock uh, from the same date digital so february 24th later this week and that will also carry the unrated version um so they are making it easy to see it you know pretty much if you buy or consume megan in any way going forward you'll get access to both versions which is good mm-hmm. you know they're not, they're not making it sound like weirdly complicated thing um i'm really curious what this means i'm kind of done with it at this point like i really don't care right like right now to watch this movie yeah maybe this is something by by year end that i'll be in the mood for i, I definitely will do it before megan 2 um which obviously doesn't come out for a while um but i also just the fact that this has come around so quickly means that this clearly isn't going to be a big 
like overhaul of the movie i think it's going to be we're talking minuscule like maybe seconds difference like i didn't read that's the thing yeah i I think the runtime was exactly the same in both versions yeah so i don't think it's like even you know two minutes or anything like that but yeah do you have any sort of desire to watch a potentially more graphic version of megan not yet i i think Mm. i'm very much where you are that certainly when megan 2 comes out i might pick it up but i think um you know and especially with what you've just said there you know when we when we spoke it it wasn't like there you know there some of these movies that have these director's cuts come out and they're kind of this this very you know um elongated version of the movie that you can kind of see how it was cut and put together with care and time into the the theatrical version and, and there's there's a lot of movies that i can enjoy both versions of mm. you know lord of the rings is a great example where i think there's a time and a place for both versions um and and yeah kind of watching like hearing you say that that you know it it doesn't have a different runtime and watching the movie it just feels like it was exactly what you said just kind of mismatch cut up to to just disorientate and to take away the violence and i just think oh okay the kill scene will be 14 seconds as opposed to 10 seconds and the four seconds of violence will be inserted and we won't have all these weird chops and cuts that were blank screens so it's almost like there's no difference in the runtime Mm. um and and yeah it just it just feels like you know the the movie that was one you know the the, the 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 filmmakers wanted to make is pretty much the same as the one that came out but just you know exactly the reasons that we spoke about at length you know to get that age rate in and i just think okay cool that is what it is now i just you know it's not going to be marginally different and i don't think it's going to overly change my opinion you know if they were like oh okay there's like 10 more minutes of megan and it's like hyper violent and and um you know then i'm like okay well maybe maybe this does get closer to to how i kind of where i want it to be but yeah i just don't see it from from everything you've described yeah i'm curious about this one like i don't want to be a debbie downer but i think it is mostly the timing i'm i'm just this is so early for this um and we're because when we spoke about it on the show we were like oh we really want to see this we hope it comes out Mm. (laughs) yeah and that's the thing so that's why i kind of want to clarify it to be like you know we're getting what what i asked for so i don't want to act like that but i do think because it's happening so soon it's that that pressure to feel the need to kind of like watch it and comment on it which i'm absolutely Mm. not going to do um i will probably Probably try and read something about it next week or later this week when it does come out like if someone does like an in-depth or a comparison video or something i would love to know about that um but i just think that it's i mean we obviously talked about megan a lot especially in the review which people can go check out but it's not there was a lot more problems with that movie than just mm. the violence um so i think that's the kind of final point i want to make is that it's we both kind of walked away with megan being a good film that could have potentially been a great film and i don't think this is going to change that but it could be a better version of that good film which i hope um so yeah and and, and definitely for people that haven't obviously got to see it at the cinema hopefully the version that you will see will be better than the version we saw um Mm. you know how much better i have no idea this is all hypotheticals but like it should at least be better which is good um and then yeah moving on to the last one this is kind of like a weird one because it's it's a bit twofold um but it's nice to throw it in here especially because this is a guy who once again we've talked a lot about this year seems to be just the same uh films and faces uh we speak about a lot um but it's m night obviously 
we've we spoke a lot about him we've seen a lot of his films um and this is a weird one because i could have sworn we already knew about his next film after knock at the cabin before we had even seen knock at the cabin yeah, um, I think you're right yeah i could have sworn we had a date and stuff but this is kind of basically it's the reason why it's twofold is it's this giant restructuring so he's always worked for universal um but he has now deadline reports that he has now signed a multi-year first look deal for directing and producing with warner bros um so that's kind of the big announcement the warner bros have now signed m night um and knock at the cabin opened at number one and it's you know it's been another big hit made a lot of money or uh, based upon the budget much like his last few films have um you know he's clearly a hit maker and he's clearly a guy mm-hmm. that um distributors want to get behind hence why warner bros have, have snapped him up um and yeah kind of as part of that um we now have the, the release date and title for the next project which again i don't know if this is the same i don't know if it's changed obviously so let's just go off what we know now as fact um which is that his next movie um titled trap um and is dated for august 2024 so 18 months away um yeah the guy is ridiculous in this output i have to imagine that this is going to be some sort of video game book manga anime adaptation which would be uh, like immediately is disappointing to me um i'm very much in a place right now that i want to see the next m night or turd project you know i want to see him come up with his next unbreakable his next brainchild that is fully his because i think that's when he's absolutely at his best for sure um so but yeah with this sort of timeline and if he can take ips do a do a competent job with them um you know whether you know regardless of our own thoughts on his most recent movie and the make a shit ton of money in such a small time frame then that's just what he's going to keep doing unfortunately but again as of right now this isn't necessarily a problem even though obviously not to re-review the movie but his latest film is is not as strong as his other ones for us um so this isn't a problem right now but i i could foresee this being a problem i don't want to get to like another four or five films and he's just straight adapting other people's stories um because that's not what m night is about for me he's not just a hired for director i want to see him write some shit i think that's my biggest thing like the easiest way to explain all this is like i want to see him write some shit mm, um yeah what, what are your thoughts i guess on this and kind of the, the, i guess there isn't really too much to say about him signing for warner bros because it's it's irrelevant to us but like I, I guess the kind of quick turnaround is is really the interesting uh, aspect here yeah, I mean, I just, I just mimic everything you've said. Really, the, the, I, I feel the same that I want him to actually pen a, an original script because he's so goddamn uh, creative and has created such amazing IP that I don't need him to adapt others. And you know, the movies of his that we haven't seen have predominantly been adaptations. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you know it, it's probably why we've got such a fast turnaround that he doesn't have to sit there and pen a script. And it does worry me that he is he is he reverting back to sins of the past. Mm. You know, is it now? Oh, okay. I've suddenly, you know, I, these movies are M Night movies. My name is selling these movies. Do I now? churn some things out with some cool ip that i like and i'm like mate you 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 did that and it 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 almost cost you everything like so you know that's probably what i would add to it that i'm i am very cautious because i feel like we've walked down this path before with m night yeah i think that's a really good point to leave it on is like if you look at his career 
it was the downfall when he started working on these bigger projects and part of other IPs. And that was when he hit the reset button and he, and he made a small independent horror film. Let's not forget, you know, he works in many different genres, but he made a small original horror film um, called The Visit that he obviously wrote. And that was what kind of changed it all. And then obviously Split was a, a concept, an idea that he had for a very long time, um, but again was completely original. And obviously once that, then the reveal of tying it into Unbreakable, he then made the sequel Glass. And then obviously since then we've only had old as an adaptation and knock at the cabin as an adaptation so yeah it it we we don't know about this right now but if this is another one that is already disappointing to me that it's three adaptations in a row um regardless of you know we liked old more than knock um you know other people might disagree i don't think it's really relevant whether you like these movies or not it's just more like to me i want to see him make original stuff um but yeah i'm glad that he's you know doing well like i think we've spoke to about this before time and time again that we're both big fans of his and Mm. i'm really happy that we live in a world where he's getting to make movies that he wants to make they're 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 opening at number one at the box office like i feel like there's a lot of parts of this that we're kind of we're just taking as the norm now yeah like yeah m night's back and his movies get released in cinemas and they make money like again i don't want to always compare it to other people but like i worry about edgar wright like i genuinely worry what his next project's going to be because of the you know the financial failure of last night in soho um so yeah i i just i'm happy that m night is is doing well because yeah i just want to see filmmakers want to make the stuff they want to make and unfortunately the sad reality of filmmaking is like that's the hardest hurdle to overcome in the world is just getting your shit made yeah. and getting people to watch your shit um, yeah, exactly, exactly what we've just had with james one as well you know we yeah. we absolutely love malignant and you know but we're talking every week about megan yeah um you know and it's it's a huge shame when the ip that you love doesn't get eyeballs on it and these filmmakers do go off on tangents that that do make money and and make film choices to to purely make money Mm. you know to make a movie a pg that you don't really want want to be a pg-13 or um to make non-original ip because you can churn it out quicker because you've just got a big deal yeah that's not necessarily the case right now but it it, Mm. yeah alarm bells for sure yeah definitely i think it's one to keep our eyes on of like it's it's cool to follow these guys careers and stuff like that and you know you you see different ends of the spectrum you kind of see like a robert eggers who just seems to just do whatever the hell he wants to do like i I think it's crazy that um like if he had a sort of a management team or kind of like a deal with like a big production company no one would be saying like oh yeah just give as much time as you want to make nosferatu like that just wouldn't happen (laughs) here's this cool little edgy book um that we know we can kind of churn out in in six months um and yeah and you know sometimes that can work super well again i don't think this is this isn't as like doom as gloom i hope like we're both not as doom and gloom on this as hopefully it comes across it's just more of a slight fear that we both have i think yeah. um yeah for sure I, I definitely think that's the case you know he's uh, he's been pretty prolific throughout the time of this podcast so yeah yeah that's a good point to end it on is like you know obviously we haven't done it yet but all of his other movies since we've been doing the podcast have made our top tens um mm-hmm. so yeah for sure um but yeah shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about infinity pool So yeah, this is, this is a pretty crazy one. Like it's already, there's certain movies that when we get to this point, 
of like, okay, we need to sort of, we're going to get into the synopsis. We're going to get into like our thoughts and sort of yeah, preconceived notions. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, we've seen this film. Um, you know, again, we talk about it a lot, but this was one of those ones that the second this was announced in the news, we had it when it was just a title and a director. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Infinity Pool, Brandon Cronenberg's follow-up to Possessor. And as we got more and more details, as we obviously got two major casting announcements, this this kind of shot up to pretty much my most anticipated movie. You know, there's mm-hmm. many movies that I'm looking forward to, but I think in terms of what he did with Possessor, in terms of the, the group of actors that he had in this, um, as well as the fact that he his blend of science fiction and horror is something that i vibe with so strongly um i don't think i could have been more excited for this if i tried really um and here it now is um obviously it kind of snuck out on demand after a sort of smaller uh release in the states and apparently it is still coming to the uk on the big screen in march um but i think we just both wanted to see this while we could um yeah, uh, I, I guess think so. I think it's you know, yeah, you get a chance to see this movie, especially after the last one. You know, we 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 wanted to get on it straight away, and um, yeah, the the kind of you know our lead in this movie uh, is the one and only Alexander Skarsgård. Mm. Uh, having a Skarsgård in a movie is always a bonus. <laughs> um, let alone the kind of the run that the Alexander's been on. Uh, slightly prolific last year in in the in the podcast so um yeah again just the fact that this movie stars the winner (laughs) of our best actor and best actress from last year (laughs) like that in itself i mean that's never happened before so it's it's crazy yeah with with a director who has has hit an absolute banger from the first movie that we got to see so hence why we're pretty excited about this one Mm. So yeah, Alexander Skarsgård plays uh, James Foster, who is this, um, well, I was going to say wannabe author. He is an author, an Mm. author of one book that came out years ago, and he's struggling to find his mojo for for said second book. Uh, He has the writer's block. And him and his wife, M have gone to this, it's a fictional island, isn't it? It's just kind of a a unnamed island slash country um basically where um (laughs) you know the resort is a very fancy posh resort but then it's pretty much guarded and gated from the actual country itself because the country itself is very uh violent and and you know uh in you know, there's kind of vibes that it's in civil war or it's, you know, it's very dangerous anyway to be kind of out of the gated um, hotel resort that, that they've found themselves in. Yeah, uh, it's like this really nice resort. And I feel like it's about two miles away from where the hostel movies took place. Yeah. Yeah. If not, <laughs> if not 200 yards. Yeah. Um, or at least that's how it's described. And, and yeah, kind of James has wanted to go there to kind of try to, yeah, his writer's block, block, which really, I mean, there doesn't really seem like there's any attempt of that. He's just <laughs> living a good life, really. Mm-hmm. And basically, his wife, M has is the one, we don't really know why, but she is rich. And so she's kind of funding James's excursion to find, yeah, his inspiration. And kind of in their kind of stay at the hotel, they meet Mia Goff, who plays Gabby. And her husband, whose name escapes me, I don't remember. Um, Do you remember? Oh, was it Al- Alban? Sure, 
Fletcher. <laughs> I, I honestly, I had no idea of his name. Um, <laughs> and... I, do, I do vaguely remember Mia's character saying <laughs> it quite a bit now. Yeah, maybe. Um, it was just her voice was so annoying, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny seeing her speak with her actual accent because that, yeah, that is her voice <laughs> i know and i'm like god you're annoying <laughs> like, go back well that's the, the thing part. she does such a good american accent normally <laughs> yeah, I know. um it is funny as well just as a side note that, that gabby is this aspiring actress who <laughs> is gone to la to work in commercials or some sort of shopping channel where she sells products by mm. <laughs> there's a whole routine but but yeah i thought it was quite funny that it seems like mia goth can only play wannabe actresses in uh in these things yeah, she wants to be a star <laughs> she really wants to be a star <laughs> um i actually couldn't yeah. believe a lot of the parallels between both these two characters i know we're kind of jumping a, a, across mm. but like in terms of alex's performance in this it's mm. kind of wild how much it, I almost feel like he was still in Northman vibe when he filmed this. Um, because, yeah, again, we'll get into it more as we actually discuss it. But like he, there's just so many of the mannerisms in terms of this big hulking guy who's not really showing his strength to then some of these more like animalistic stuff he gets out later on. Like, yeah, it was, it was very when crazy. You, when you when you when you get yacked like you do for, yeah. for the Viking, you, you know, that sort of frame doesn't leave you straight away. And so he he is just a big man giant now that that um is pretty terrifying. Like I feel like more than most actors out there, I just feel like he'd snap your neck like in yeah, a second. Like definitely. it just it's just that Vikingness about him. But but yeah, and basically they the, the the two couples agree to break the rules and hire a car and go out of bounds. And um in going out of bounds and having a, a a strange um, beach party, the four of them with, with weird things that might go on. Um, they then on the drive back, James on well, accidentally, uh, I know what you did last summer someone. Uh, that's a <laughs> phrase, right? That's a, I love that so much after our recent conversations. I know, when me, it too. Happened. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Basically they're all a bit intoxicated and James hits a, random person and kills them and they decide that they're gonna cover it up and try to get away with it and mm. um the next morning the police rock up and arrest james um and in in incredibly quickly offer him well basically they're like yeah so there's good news bad news james <laughs> the, the the bad news is you're gonna be found guilty for murder and yeah there's death penalty here mate so that that sucks that sucks however basically we can just like take you off we make a double of you and then you just send a double off and they get executed so as long as you've got loads of money you're, you're good um <laughs> you know and that, that's pretty much how the conversation goes am i wrong it's, it's, yeah it's the most casual yeah um, like exposition i've ever seen in a sci-fi movie to set up what the movie's about and like i say it's like yeah yeah he's just saying it like it's a run-of-the-mill thing it's like yeah we'll make your clone and you know we'll charge your card we'll take care of everything we'll kill the clone just make sure you're there while it happens like you need to see it and then yeah we're all good yeah. and, and I, I, I honestly had to rewind it <laughs> because i was like i'm not sure i caught that right Mm. like was that the whole like explanation of the sci-fi-ness of this like yeah in that conversation i was like yep yep no that's exactly it it just yeah it just boom it's there and then and then yeah james uh 
clones himself and then watches his clone get executed by a by a young child because mm-hmm. <laughs> because cronenberg um <laughs> was there any reason was that like the yeah the parent or something like it's the, the um the if, wrong... you, if, if you have a son to put the victim has a son the yeah. son has to be the person to kill the person sure. If yeah. you don't have a son, then the government will do it for you. And then, because that was why, again, casually in the conversation, he was like, and the good news is that he, he has two sons, yeah, aged eight and 13. <laughs> like, I was just like, yeah, I was like, I found that more jarring than the clone, to be honest. <laughs> I, like, I found it all quite jarring, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so very early on in the movie, we have dead clone and James dealing with the consequence of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we start to unpack more and more how kind of Gabby and her husband and this group of friends that they've now got intertwined with, um, very much are digging the clone life. Um, and, uh, you know, are, are pretty much feeling invincible in this country because they have the money to buy a clone to, to pay the penalty for their sins. Mm. Um, and the rest of the movie is James's journey into that world really of, um, yeah, just, you know, I feel like we need to have some sort of clone civil rights movement after watching this movie, to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, clones have feelings too. Yeah. They, they literally put his feelings in, because that, that was another thing. They're like, oh yeah, mm. and we're going to give the clone like your your memories and your emotions. Yeah, they said like, everything up until the point of cloning is like identical. <laughs> yeah. So we all know about this conversation that, that they were having. Like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's, um, that's Infinity Pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did i just describe a cronenberg movie i think i did yeah definitely um it's well, yeah. weird yeah i mean i know that there was a lot of that with with his last movie but it definitely mm. feels more like a david cronenberg movie to me than than i guess brandon's previous one mm. did um mm. but yeah this is a fascinating movie there's like i'm so excited to talk about so many different aspects but i definitely want to throw it over to you first i want to know uh what your overall thoughts were on this film sure okay um yeah, I think with this one, I I pretty much enjoyed it, but I wasn't blown away by it. I was really expecting to be blown away by it, and I found I found a lot of the the ultimate tropes that have been put into play when we actually get into the the clone world and kind of the these rich people and them abusing their their you know their their money and the influence they have because of the money. I found all that fairly redundant and that we've seen it so many times. Um, Mm. And it, and it just didn't wow me. Um, And very early on, uh, Gabby mentions to James that, um, how do you know you're not the clone and Mm. the real James didn't get killed. And like, I really thought they were going to play into that a lot more and be a lot more mindfuck and, and him dealing with it and him even just, you know this this clone that died that you're given the ashes for like you know mm-hmm. him him you know looking at that and maybe looking into the science behind it and what it's all about and it really wasn't that mm. it ended up just being like oh yeah we're just a bunch of rich dickheads that can get away with anything because our clones will get killed in our place yeah and and i didn't find that overly exciting um i think you know mia mia goss character she early on i didn't i I wasn't that kind of interested in her character the whole actress thing again like it was just (laughs) seeing her playing a wannabe actress again i was like okay fine 
And then in the final third, when she does go kind of a bit crazy, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I really like Mia. And I wish she'd have been like that. You know, we wish we could have got a bit more of that. But I guess that's probably difficult. But but overall, yeah, I just wasn't a huge fan of this. I think it um, it it wasn't it wasn't awful. And I think it, it's a it's a victim of expectation uh, versus what I saw. If, if I'd have just seen this movie, I would have been like, oh, this is pretty good. And it is pretty good. It's not a bad movie, but I really with as you spoke about kind of going into it, um, I I was super excited for it. And I think in the end, I just ended up thinking I, I had an OK time with it. Mm. Um, so. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like my my opinion on it is quite different, really, than than, than really what I expected. But it, it, it just didn't grab me. Like I say, I think and I think it was mainly that it just masked with this Cronenbergian uh story and clones and all this imagery and stuff we ended up just having a very very similar story of just rich people be dickheads like being the mm-hmm. message predominantly which i just you know we've already had it with the menu and i feel like the menu did it in a better way um and we've you know we had it with um violent night and i feel like mm-hmm. violent night did it in a better way and and so i just feel like we've seen that a lot in the past two months and and seeing it again it with this i felt like it i, I was hoping it was going to be more clever with with what it was trying to pull off so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this this movie is interesting because i feel like i spent a long time when i was watching it trying to kid myself into enjoying it um and and the longer (laughs) yeah and the longer it went on i realized like no i don't like this um and it is long as well and so i think i had a lot of time to think about this as i was watching it because i got so bored yeah and i got so bored during especially the second half i think the second half's kind of shit um and i was just like wow i'm really starting to think about this movie now think about the messaging think about how bland the sci-fi is how pointless these characters are um and by the end of it i just didn't have a good time and i was thankful it was over but to kind of to go back to the start um i yeah i couldn't believe how tropey the setup was to the point where i was like oh it's going to be intentional because you know struggling writer who's trying to find his inspiration i I, again like it's laughable (laughs) at this point (laughs) so like when when that's your baseline to me i'm like oh that's intentional that's pointed like there's going to be a message about that at the end which there isn't that's just who james is and i'm like okay that's dreadful and then the same with mia's character like struggling actress you know or like you know very low level actress who's done some commercials who thinks she's going to be the next big star like again we've seen that a trillion times and so I couldn't believe how bad the setup was. The kind of meet cute, as it were, that froze together James and Gabby. Again, I couldn't believe how fake and forced it felt. Where I was like, "Oh, this is so obviously not that we what's going on," which you know does get revealed later on. But I was expecting it to be revealed quicker because to me it was so painfully obvious that 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 what the characters, specifically what Gabby was telling James, wasn't the truth. Um, so I was like, "Okay, this is just getting these characters together, fine," um, and it really is like you had to describe everything up until you did for sure with the plot synopsis up until like the double like the cloning process and the clone being killed but that's like 45 minutes of the film um (laughs) and 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 that is fine the first 45 minutes you're getting to know the characters it's very slow um but i'm like once we get to that point 
I'm like, okay, fine. The movie's about to begin now. And even though the way it's described is so shit, because the, the scene that we kind of touched upon when the guy is literally just telling you it's so boring it's like a, a single shot pretty much from Very the side boring. and it's just him and it's a character who is speaking with a thick accent as well so it's quite hard to to differentiate there's a couple of characters in this and old had this same problem with characters that are speaking with thick accents and so it's hard to say hard to understand fully exactly what they're saying which is fine in a movie about normal conversations but in a cronenberg movie when you're immediately throwing mental concepts at you like oh yeah the death penalty's hair you're getting cloned the clone's gonna be killed you have to watch it a kid's gonna kill your clone like that that's so overwhelming to throw at you in a conversation that you're struggling that you're probably getting like 80 percent of what they're saying well well just just to pause there for a second mm -hmm. i watched that scene twice and i didn't <laughs> really pick up on the sun part because i was yeah. so focused on the clone part <laughs> mm -hmm. and yeah. also because it was it was so long with so few cuts mm. i definitely got distracted by just staring into space yeah you know, both times both times so yeah, yeah because visually I, it, there's nothing to, to nice. tell you anything it's not an interesting visual scene it's purely audio and the yeah. audio isn't good so it's just a bad scene um and then it's like okay now now the movie started and i feel like when the clone killing scene happened which was good um and kind of we see james's reaction to it mm -hmm. and he smiles now yeah. this is where i thought the movie was going to kick on because i was yeah, like okay same. like we've, we've had the sci-fi now and we've now introduced this element and we also are now getting this small hint that something is going on with james that we don't fully grasp at this point i'm like that's exciting there's there's more to him than just a boring struggling writer and to also to go back another level this movie does the thing that I've spoken about time and time again that, like, again, not always because I'm sure there are examples of things that I like, but I don't like in general when films have a lead character who has no sort of agency on what's going on around him. Um, everything that happens in this movie happens to James rather than James affecting the things around him. And it makes for such a boring lead character to me that it's just it's just him being thrown into instances okay now i'm going to dinner okay now this cloning thing's happened okay now we're at a party okay now i'm cheating on my wife it's just it's just things that are constantly happening to him he's never in control of any situation and again I, i'm sure that's like intentional or whatever but i just in general i don't like films like that and so when we get that early on i was like okay i'm not enjoying this when he does the smile to the clone killer, and I was like, oh, okay, this is when James is fully, we're now we're going to see Alex, you know, portray this sick character. We're going to get reveals. We're going to get why he's truly on the island. You know, all of these different things. None of that happens. It just, the, the smile meant nothing pretty much. Um, you know, not to go into spoilers, but like, it's really not anything that I can discern. Um, because to me, the movie then just reverts to weird shit happening around James and him just slowly reacting to it. And, yeah, then once we get to, like, the second half of the movie, which is what you described, this kind of group of the elite, um, yeah. and them essentially just doing whatever they want because they can get away with it because they're rich and powerful. Oh, what a yawn fest that is. Like, again, yeah. we've seen it time after time after again. We've seen it done well, like the menu. We've seen it done piss poorly, which I think most of the time it's done piss poorly because... 
unless you have a different slant like the menu is hyper focused on a certain particular type of culture whereas well, this movie we... is just about money isn't it and power <laughs> yeah for sure and i think like you say it's so redundant and mostly not executed well but we've seen two fantastic examples in mm-hmm. in recent times so it's it's a terrible time to bring this out because it's the we've seen two great versions of it with the menu and violent night yeah and especially when it is just that's just your message of like oh yeah the rich can get away with it because they're rich mm. it's like yeah we all know that like and so it's like the message inside sucks then it's like okay it does this do anything kind of visually and for me the visuals were very disappointing um especially after i mean and in, i'm glad we've spoken this far without bringing up possessor because i don't always want to directly compare and contrast movies but i feel like i couldn't stop thinking about possessor watching this film and well, thinking i can't believe that the same person made these two films because well, in terms what? of quality I, they could not be further apart from each other yeah massively but the big thing for me was especially made in this order yeah because again like we talk about filmmakers and their evolution and often when we um see a film from a filmmaker and we're like okay do you know what we didn't love that film, but there, there's something there from this filmmaker. And if they stay in the genre, I'd like to see them do another film. And I think like with this, we'd have been like, oh, okay, yeah, Cronenberg's son. Okay, this Infinity Pool, there's some cool stuff and everything else. Let's see what he does next. Then he does P- Possessor and blows us away. And it's like for him to start with the, the Possessor and then move on to this, um, because it's not just the fact that we didn't vibe with the story. I, I really do think it's it's made not like just I mean I haven't seen but I don't know if you did you do the rewatch? No, I haven't rewatched No, possessed. but like it's it's such a better made movie than this. There's so mm. many parts of this movie that don't feel well made. The 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 sound and, and some of the some of the shots, it just feels amateurish at times. Like it's not mm. it's not tight. Like it's it's not just the script and it's not just the story. I, I do genuinely think that the, the soundtrack isn't as good. I weren't vibing with it. And yeah, multiple scenes just felt a bit like weird how they were put together and shot and, and yeah, it just I just don't think it was nearly as a tight of movie. And again, like I've been super critical because I think Possessor was such a high bar and I'm comparing it to that bar instead of anything else, Um, you know, which which is what you should do with a filmmaker. You compare the, you know, the best thing you can do is compare their body of work with, 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 you know, to each other as opposed to anyone else. And yeah, it's night and day, the difference between these two movies. Absolutely. I mean, I just, I couldn't get it out of my head in terms of like the, the sci-fi in particular, thinking about how the opening scene of Possessor and kind of immediately setting up this world and this crazy concept. And I think we talked about that last year with Crimes of the Future, with obviously David Cronenberg's movie, and how there's there's an immediate world building that you have to catch up because they he knows everything david and and i felt the way with the same brandon with possessor whereas like we're throwing you in this world you need to sink or swim as a viewer um because you need to catch up to everything because it's it's an entire
entirely concept whereas this it's like oh yeah that's so hard to for me to wrap my head around a struggling writer going on holiday trying to find inspiration so it's like yeah. it already starts at like the most basic surface level like trope trope fucking setup ever and then when you introduce the sci-fi all the sci-fi is is clones exist in this world that's it yeah it, or, it's not even that it's just clones for this one specific thing so it's like oh yeah we've invented clone technology and the only way you see it in this entire two-hour film is when you do a crime we clone you and we kill said clone yeah that's there's the thing. never think any about, other like interpretation of it world the the clones exist but only in this you know poverty stricken country mm. that somehow have had the science to create clones and their specific use is to keep them underground and so the police can use them as a bargaining chip to funnel money out of the rich people yeah like yeah like, which, like it's like what they which they were already doing anyway yeah. um it really doesn't have any sort of it's like okay you're making more money but these people were already hair spending absorbent amounts of money yeah, anyway also, also just like let them commit the crime and then just say give me a million dollars yeah to, i know what you mean yeah you could do this entire film set in this reality that we live in yeah. right now and nothing changes yeah. Like, well yeah we don't need a clone or anything we'll just, yeah. we'll just leave the door unlocked like give us a million <laughs> give us a million dollars you can walk oh it's so funny like <laughs> it like, really no, no, is a child has to kill your clone otherwise it's not about the money it's not no don't get me wrong it's not about the money i want justice and but but as long as your clone gets justice then i'm okay with it like jesus christ <laughs> I, I can't believe how much that stuff sucks in this because i think about um you know with black mirror like there's a very i mean it is my favorite episode of black mirror but it's a very similar concept <laughs> in terms of taking a it's my favorite episode of black mirror but i'm not i'm not you know <laughs> it's like it's worth noting because you know there are many different things you know possesses similar to plenty of other things as well of mm. course like all sci-fi there's this so hard to get like truly original sci-fi but i think when you're dealing with that element of the morality of creating a clone of yourself what does that mean and kind of how we saw that in black mirror it was fascinating that people were willing to kind of like torture versions of, them of themselves for very small gains you know we see it in the show of like just um basically it's the alexa that runs your house is like a, a tortured clone of yourself so you so you know that version of you knows exactly the temperature you like how it likes your toast done and that's like such a hilarious concept to me of like oh yeah someone would do that because yeah well i'm not doing it to myself even though that that version of me that clone is me and will feel all the things i'm feeling right now um and that complete disconnect but then you think with this film it's so light when they start to touch upon that stuff like it's it's so minuscule it's like he forgot to put the sci-fi in this film and then he just focused on here's a bunch of really annoying characters doing really annoying things and we're just going to throw james in there as like our proxy as our kind of traditional you know fish out of water and just see him like poorly react to everything and not really vibe with it and then occasionally he'll be on on it with everyone else and he'll be having a good time but then occasionally he'll be pushing back and feeling a bit of a disconnect and then yeah like you can eliminate the sci-fi completely from this and it's just guy joins an elite club the elite club act like dickheads and get away with it because they're rich and famous mm. movie ends <laughs> two hours Basically. have passed yeah. <laughs> like that's what this film is and i'm i'm so disappointed i, I i'm really struggling to think of anything that that wowed me and, and there really wasn't like there's there's good no. violence but again we've spoken time and time again that that is nowhere near enough and it's certainly not enough from a guy who made a movie like bloody possessor that yeah. like it's just fan 
fantastic on every level from its original story to its amazing performances to its unbelievable violence that i still think about to this day and it's like yeah in the scenes there was good violence in this but it didn't affect me at all the way other movies have because i've like already forgot about it um it was just in the moment i was like oh yeah that's pretty graphic shame i have no attachment or emotional value to anything that's happening in this film and i just want it to be over because it's so boring um so, yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's so funny as well because I was, I'm, I'm almost more disappointed about the conversation we've just had because <laughs> I really, I really like in my head. I've had this twice in the podcast, really, where we saw a Jordan Peele movie, and I was like, I was like, there's no way that I'm not going to like a Jordan Peele movie. And then when I saw it and didn't like it, I thought, there's no way Matt's going to see a Jordan Peele movie and not like it, even though he's just seen the same movie as me. And I felt the same with this. I was like. Matt's going to be like, this is a movie of the year. Like, <laughs> it's a Cronenberg movie. I'm like, he would have just, like, uh, like I don't know how, but, and I thought, oh, that would be fun. Like, a different, you know, a, a fun conversation for us. But it's like, no, no, this movie just, just does actually just isn't great all around. I feel, I feel like we're almost the inverse on both those films as well, because, like, I clearly yeah. liked Nope more than you. Yeah. Um, and I, I get the feeling you probably liked this movie more than me, because I don't, I can't think of anything yeah i mean i just i think like in terms of it, it you know yeah i don't i don't love it i just didn't <laughs> i just didn't hate it you know i think especially if it had been its length is its biggest problem like if i take mm. out expectation and everything else with this movie i'm like okay i i enjoyed i enjoy scars guard like <laughs> and i've got a scars guard as a lead and he's he's good in this movie um he is the only saving grace in this film though i think because yeah, i, I thought know. mia was so disappointing yeah and then i'm like okay mia was disappointing but we get some of her at the end that i thought was good the you know some of the violence some of the clone stuff you know there's things in there but it's just i think it, you know i i would be putting it along the lines of of some of these other movies that we talk about you know we had a discussion last week about Candyland, where i'm like oh, okay this movie is a good indie movie and it but it's not necessarily for everyone like i would mm. be the same with this where i'm like okay this was this was okay like yeah this this brandon guy i'd give him another shout if he did something <laughs> interesting in the genre like that's where i'm at with it and it's just you know See, when, i, I when, can't even like get in that mindset because it's just yeah. not reality so like all, all no, i can do I is know, know my my own truth which is that he made a movie that i adore and i was so excited for this and when you think yeah. on the on the face value again that mix of sci-fi and horror with this cast this should have been an absolute banger and yeah even nope which i'm like oh yeah it was clearly a massive disappointment to us and is clearly i think nowhere near as good as his first two movies but it wasn't this sort of drop off like i i just don't see what like even there's so many even small things like the title of this movie um to my knowledge there's like one reference in it yeah, one reference very early on that, yeah. that means almost nothing as to yeah. why this film is called infinity pool um i thought it was going to be all about the technology and the clone technology hmm. and the ramifications of creating a clone and what it does to you and what it does to the clone and oh, I you know that. all of that stuff i really thought it was going to be about uh, you know how close is this clone to you you know uh, are you... i see that would see that would be interesting but what about a movie that says rich equals bad oh yeah yeah rich yeah okay yeah i'll watch that i've not seen that before um it's a crazy concept i gotta be honest with you as well i'm kind of to the point where like we're gonna talk about last of us in a minute but i almost feel like 
I was I was almost grateful where I'm like, yeah, I I just this this movie just passed me by, and now I get to watch Last of Us again. <laughs> that's probably why I weren't as harsh on it because I was just like, cool, like that sucked. I get to watch Last of Us again now. <laughs> Oh no, I'm I'm so disappointed. I, I think it's a real shame because um I, I really do want to watch Possessor again even more so now mm. to kind of just wash this stink off me because yeah. I thought that was such a special movie. Is, and I, I really thought Brandon was gonna be one of these guys that, yeah. that is on the level with the of the proper, proper you know, because we saw Possessor kind of late and it didn't really it was just so special to us um and yeah. for me in particular and i just i can't believe how disappointing this is again with this cast you're having the our two favorite actors from last year and and you know i like the trailer as well i think that's what's funny about this film is that i was watching it going oh they're so crafty i i can yeah. see how they created a good trailer because there are just weird flashes of like mildly interesting stuff yeah but but none of it has any sort of contextual value at all where his head gets like split in two yeah that is just like this weird like drug-induced dream sequence but you see mm. that in a trailer and you're like okay what's going on here yeah this but, really um, reminds me of those fright fest star movies that we see that are just like there yeah. there are these nonsensical scenes that are so disjointed and again on their own they are well made like this movie is definitely well made but it's just my expectations for for this guy in particular are so much higher than that i want to see like a fantastic movie that transports me into a world with a concept and that's what he did with possessor whereas this was i was never like i never wanted to know about this resort i was never super like oh no. so why are the police force okay with this clone and thing or so who are these other elite members and what how did they fall into this world like none of that was ever interesting to me at all no the one question i had just didn't even get remotely asked and yeah all the other stuff just wasn't interesting there, there mm. were two things i did want to touch upon um one uh another disappointing thing and one just a warning for people because it's 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 affected my mind really it's uh, it's disturbing um firstly is m james's wife her her character is worse than pretty much any of the other characters we've described and it's almost we haven't spoken about her because her character is non-existent yeah and and that's incredibly disappointing you know she is just there to be pedestrian throughout the whole movie until they decide oh, okay we don't need you anymore and then mm. she just disappears and why does she, that keep happening in movies we've seen this year where we, mad. We, i feel like we've spoken about that a lot where characters just just evaporate from films yeah. <laughs> you know she's just like cool i'm leaving now and he's like cool and then she's just gone and i'm like oh okay yeah. there's gonna be something about her money drying up and now he's now he's killed someone and he doesn't have the money for a clone I was like, oh, okay, that's going to be interesting. Like, what's he going to do there? Or was she actually part of this elite club and she's going to come back at the end and she's going to be like, ha ha, mm. you like clones too now. I've got six, you know, but it was, but no, she just goes, she just goes and, and, and there's never touched upon again. And so she's, yeah, you know, it, that was just incredibly frustrating as well. And again, like I'd come up with clever ideas in my mind where she might get interwoven back into the story and it just turned out no she's a completely irrelevant character completely yeah, I, irrelevant. I feel like if you'd have spent more than five minutes um, writing this there's so many different things they could have come up with because yeah, yeah even with the with the clone thing it blew my mind that there wasn't any sort of big revelation of you know flashbacks to 
actually when the cloning procedure was first introduced to these characters and who is again they they the first the, the most interesting part and this is one of those things that annoys me so much because you can put it in a trailer and make me think you're going to have a great film mm. which is gabby saying to james like so do you ever wonder about the cloning process and, yeah. and you know are you really the real person like that's what you think the entire crux of yeah. this film is going to be about and it's not it's disregarded in an instant the favor of just the elite stuff you get the smile at the first yeah. execution and then you get her delivering that line within five minutes of each other yeah and they're the most they're the two most intriguing parts of the movie and you think oh okay we're now going to go because even at one point when i had about 40 minutes left of the movie i thought okay there's still 40 minutes left yeah there's like, time for have, like a big reveal yeah, and a switch like of location a, yeah like a batshit crazy half an hour and i'm like mm. okay that could then I could look at this movie in a different light, but then the, the, the 40 minutes that I actually had left were the worst 40 minutes of the movie, of yeah. the movie that I already thought was average. Um, but yeah, and the, the only other thing that I, I have to mention is that just a warning for people that I don't know whether if you watch this movie, it, it takes you a while to, to look at nipples in the same way again. Because <laughs> we, we said that this movie doesn't have like a lot of violence in and that sort of thing, or the violence is very kind of, you know, it is what it is. But oh my God, there's a couple of scenes that it, it is absolutely disgusting. Like it, it really made my stomach turn. I don't know about mm. you, but... Um, yeah, I kind of, a little bit. I think because it was so weird in terms of the lighting and everything, it wasn't as crazy to me as it could have been um but it it is weird like the the kind of shouldn't do that the the body horror i guess even though i think calling that is it's fairly tame body horror but kind of like the the sex stuff i think this movie ended up having a lot of um bad tropes that that his father had in some of his movies um which I'm surprised that he's kind of developed this quickly. Um, <laughs> like it does surprise me. And again, not like the classic Cronenberg movies at all, but I think there are other ones where he did just start to fall on like, Oh, isn't this a bit weird that we're all just fucking and, and I've got a thousand nipples on my face. Like I feel like yeah. that, that, that's like the worst part of when you think of, and that, you're obviously exaggerating, but when you think of the worst part of Cronenberg's movies, I, I default to that of just yeah. weird sex stuff and weird visuals for the sake of it. And this movie had that in, in folds. Um, um, which was shocking to me because I really thought after his last movie, everything had a reason to be the way it was. Um, whereas this to me was aimless. You know, I think that that's why to me the end or the last like 40 minutes and then the ending is dreadful because it just goes nowhere. And then we end up having the classic our character's probably been drugged. He's going to see a bunch of weird hallucinations. It's just an excuse to throw a bunch of weird visuals with no sort of cohesion. And then the the scene I'm talking about is just an hallucination. Like it's a weird, like drug induced, strange Mm. thing. It's not an actual thing that's probably happening. Like it's just, and I get that that's definitely something that we've spoke about since the invention of this show in terms of that's just not our vibe. Um, and plenty of people do like that of like, Oh yeah. When a character's drugged up and they start seeing weird shit, like people get a lot of enjoyment from that. So that is something that I could see vibing with other people. But I think that to me is like the tip of the iceberg with the problems that I have with this film. Mm. Like that was, I was already like done with it and already had a many, many reasons from the, unbelievably stereotypical setup of a struggling writer that went nowhere to then just this very vapid clones exist in this world for only one use and that's it to then get to the weird like trippy hallucinations i was already done with the film at that point um but yeah i don't i don't have anything else to say on this one um 
no, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to to move on to something more more exciting. Yeah, well, we have to do our recommendations, yeah. Um, which yeah, I, I there's no way I recommend this. I, I can't <laughs> believe it. I I thought this would be not only one of my favorite movies of the year but one that just would like personally really stick with me Mm. um because i seek this stuff out more than ever um i'm constantly trying to find the next blend of science fiction and horror because you know horror movies will always fall on our lap and we will see franchise movies and stuff like that but i always want to see original science fiction horror mixed together more than anything that is really the thing i crave the most on the show and i really thought brandon was going to be my guy and he may still be the guy in the future um but unfortunately he's now one for two for me in in a dramatic way um and it's a shame because yeah i still absolutely adore possessor i think it's a 10 out of 10 movie but this this drop-off is unbelievable to me and i i could not recommend infinity pool to anyone really even as a massive Skarsgård fan i'm like he's the only saving grace in this movie but if you go invest two hours just go watch go watch so many other things go watch two episodes of true blood like there's so many other better ways to spend your time if you want to see Skarsgårds than this film in my opinion um yeah for sure i think yeah i really thought the conversation around this movie before we saw it was was you know after after the aftermath was going to be i thought it was probably going to end up being in my top 10 and i thought mm-hmm. for you it'd be personally towards the top of your list of the year Definitely. so the fact that yeah i'm the same like i i i thought possessor you know i think these sorts of things i'm not as actively seeking out and this is not my niche as much as you but possessor we were pretty close on mm. whereas with this one i'm yeah i i yeah i'm as equally disappointed as well that that this just doesn't live up to the expectations and i i with the length and everything else if i take if i take away all of that stuff and i'm just like okay you're a horror fan listen to this podcast this is just a horror movie should you see this horror movie and i'm like no it's long and doesn't do anything special there's not great horror in it like it's it has a you know it there is a story there like i guess but like it doesn't anger me as much as some but yeah i i don't recommend this either it's a shame like i think you know, there are movies that I get much closer. Last week is, you know, we've I've gone back to last week a couple of times, but I think it is a great example of where I'm like, okay, like this did kind of what it wanted to achieve. Mm. And I can't really fault the movie for that. It's just, yeah, that's the movie. Whereas this, I'm like, no, there's so many faults with it. And that's why, yeah, this is a much stronger, like, yeah, I don't recommend this. Um, yeah, shame. Yeah, my recommendation would be watch Possessor and watch Crimes yeah. of the Future because um, they're both yeah. absolutely fantastic. And I've been, I've been meaning to rewatch. Yeah, I've been meaning. To, yeah, I've been meaning to rewatch that as well. I want to rewatch all these things. Um, so yeah, there's way better ways to spend your time. Sadly, but you know they can't always be hits. It's a shame. Um, it's always a bummer. Like especially you know we talk about it a lot, but like it hits harder when it's someone that you have that initial investment mm. in of like, you know, going into Candyland. We didn't have any preconceived notions. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt as much. Whereas like, I do take this personally when I don't like a movie from someone who I really have liked in the past. Um, mm. 
you know we went through it with jordan last year not, not as bad for me as this one um but yeah it would pain me just to and even like m night recently you know not liking it as much as his other ones but like these two examples are great because those were drop-offs this is like falling off a cliff and die like <laughs> i can't believe how bad this is to be honest with you um and i honestly feel like even though this has been a pretty negative conversation i'm still holding back slightly because of how much i appreciate brandon's previous film um, really, yeah i'm just shocked i really mm. am like i don't know what i expected but like from the conversation but i just like yeah it's just so disappointing yeah it is sadly um but yeah we shall Let's move on about things. we will indeed but yeah we will take a quick break and we will be right back So yeah, The Last of Us. Um, oh god! Oh, yeah. Episode six. Strapping uh, guys. I only got three more now. Of course, as always, spoiler alert for The Last of Us on HBO, the TV show, uh, for the first six episodes. Um, and if we need to do video gamey stuff, we'll let you know. But we yeah, probably we, we will we will so try our hardest to not spoil anything that's going to happen in future episodes that we may know from the video game for sure. Yeah, we haven't um, so far, and I don't think we'll need to. Uh, no, no. Uh, but my god, I like. I've I've already rewatched this episode. Um, <laughs> I've already seen it twice, and that is a great sign because I watched episodes one, two, and three twice and then mm. four and five i watched the one time yeah and then and then i went back to this one and i've instantly rewatched it and i'm like i might i might watch this one a third time just because this one spoke to me on such a level in terms of the joel and ellie relationship and i think like we've talked a lot about pedro and i need to continue because i think he might be the best actor in the world right now <laughs> um i genuinely do the 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 conversation he has um it, with his brother just like it, it it blew me away that level of performance and that level of joel that that we that i just you know it makes so much sense and but to him to have that weakness and these panic attacks um in the episode and the way that that's portrayed and it's all through pedro's performance and as i was watching this episode for the second time i was like man this this guy made us made us fall in love with a duo where one duo is a fake uh cgi character or puppet and he is wearing a helmet the entire time. <laughs> and I'm like, but we fell in love with them as a duo more than like any duo that we've ever had in Star Wars history. So I'm like, why am I, why am I surprised that this is, this is fantastic. Now he's got all the tools and he's got Bella Ramsey because. Yeah. And he's got some of the best writing like ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I'm like, he already did it with Mando where it was, mm. yeah, he was wearing a fucking helmet and had a puppet next to him. But like, <laughs> um it's insane and like he is crazy but i really want to talk about bella because she really blew me away in this episode i thought her ellie just was phenomenal um and every bit of dialogue just landed with me that they're backwards and forwards and the love that she has for him and the way that they're slowly opening up i think just everything about this show is is 
nailed on. The, the fact of this episode is called Ken, and it's like, oh, yeah, of course, Joel's going to see his brother. And I'm like, that's not why the fucking episode's called Ken. Like, the whole episode is Joel and Ellie developing this relationship and, and getting to the point that she she's to, she's been to the point for a while that she chooses him. You know, we get to a point later in the episode where she she gets a choice, and before the words even escape Joel's mouth, she makes the choice. Like... That's fantastic. But the fact that he's now choosing her as well is just it. the the development of how I felt in the video game is being realized on the TV screen so perfectly. Mm. Um, and she is. And, it, and like I say, I think Bella, we haven't talked about as much because she really blew me away in this episode. I think the scene in the bedroom where she's reading the diary and then kind of, you know, it's lifted direct from the game, the, the dialogue of kind of, um, you know, every, everyone I've ever loved has died except for fucking you, she kind of says. And I'm like, man, like that, that, that hits like so hard in the game. And she delivers it. It's what we've spoken about multiple times where she delivers it identically to the game, but also with her Ellie spin on it in this just little nuances the the I just thought was fantastic and and yeah the just just everything about this episode I think was nailed on. I'm going to stop talking so you can talk, but you know <laughs> the, the changes that they've made from the game and and where we where we kind of rejoin, um, you know Tommy, uh, I think was made perfect sense. It was great that we got to see. Um, oh, what is it? Is it James Town? James uh, Jack Jackson. Jackson, I knew it was something like that. Um, yeah, to see Jackson now in the show at this point was fantastic and brought brought so many feelings in mind. Uh, and, you know, um, I do want to ask you the question, and I'm going to bat it to you, like, spoiler free, but do you, do you think we saw a little glimpse of a character that we might be seeing again uh, when we were in the food hall and, and with Ellie? I was going to bring that up anyway, so um, I, I don't think it's a spoiler for us to talk about it because no, can, because we're not going to say who the like what what this character turns into. It's just do you, yeah. Do, well, do we can you... say the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was good. I, I mean, I don't. So the the sad reality is no, but I'll say in terms yeah. of fun fandom, yes, I do think that was a, a Dina Easter egg. Yeah. Um, but because it just felt that it felt right to me. But I think in terms of the actual logistics of it, unless they're mental, which I would not put it past them because it's HBO. Um, And also the fact that this entire set now exists, which we'll get into. But I think the idea of just seeing someone for two seconds on screen who didn't speak and the fact that they've already cast an actress who is going to be competent enough to play this character in the future, who's going to be a very prominent role. My answer is the real real answer is I don't think it is. I want to believe it is because that was my, the second it happened, I saw her, I went, Dina, like in like, as I was watching the show. (laughs) Um, But that entire, yeah, I couldn't, believe the way jackson looked as you mentioned the fact that we don't get to see jackson like this in the first game um which is kind of mind-blowing the more i think about it and i already replayed it in december and i'm trying to think because it's like oh yeah they're all just at the dam aren't they with tommy and maria well because it's just tommy and maria at the dam fixing the dam and they speak about like oh we've fixed the dam they'll have movie night tonight like, yeah, and, he, and they, and they, yeah, they kind of say like, yeah, there's a place for you here and stuff, which which mm. they revisit briefly. But like, yeah, you don't get to see the walking along the streets, the bar, the school, like all of this stuff, the houses that they obviously live in, the yeah. farm animals, and so to see all that 
literally be one for one from the last of us part two um mm. i couldn't believe it i was pausing yeah. frame by frame um watching looking at the background reading all the the signs and everything to look for easter eggs and i just couldn't believe it you know when when they when they are eaten in the scene when she shouts at the girl and we see that wide shot with like the fairy lights on the roof yeah all oh, the fairy lights I, just, yeah. I couldn't i could not believe it where i was like they're doing this now and it's weird because yeah. i just didn't see this coming which nice. is so obvious because it's such a perfect change this this entire episode made way more sense having it at jackson rather than just at the dam and yeah. again it's another one of those slight changes that is beautiful and makes it the story just flow way better um so yeah i couldn't believe that that was easily my favorite part i i completely agree with you that i think this is the easily the best episode since free um you know like four and five are fantastic but they were a, a minimal drop off from the first three but this is straight yeah. back to being like a 10 out of 10 for me um, yeah i think that's the thing we've had we've had six episodes four of them have been 10 out of 10s and and two of them have been nine out of tens <laughs> yeah i completely agree it's just obscene but i think it so it obviously starts off um it's interesting the way it starts because they they mm. show you the the henry and sam bit again and then we get the cut to three months later which is obviously what happens in the video game and this was for me there's, there's the way this episode starts and the way it ends i do want to talk about because i do think this is when shortcomings of tv start to show up yeah. uh, which is that clearly it flowed better in the video game because you don't have these hard stop points which you do on tv so last week they wanted to have the burial scene because they needed to kind of give that scene some space and have an ending point but then they also wanted that hard cut which you got in the video game which was so effective that you don't get a chance to think about henry and sam or what just happened it's he's just killed himself boom three months later um and so I, it is interesting to me to like say they kind of got the best of both worlds which is fair enough but it is a bit jarring to see that scene again out of context at the start of this week especially um, because you get the little preview before the show starts or at least you know i do what when i watch it so i get the little preview of like uh, of last week's episode or not the preview so the recap previously yeah of, yeah the, the previously uh recap so you you get I got like a minute's worth of last week's episode in in the recap and then I get like this weird it's not even a dream sequence it's just the the built into the show recap mm. yeah yeah so it is weird um but then yeah obviously we can then get them kind of exploring and we meet this like couple in the wilderness which obviously this is a completely brand new scene and, and two new characters mm. which i thought was fine it was decent for what it was like i don't think it's anything amazing but i think it, it did serve a purpose which again is really good writing of why tommy stopped speaking to joel um and kind of this ver this protection of jackson and i loved it like the stories of oh you can't go that side of the river like everyone's dead that side of the river and for them to then you know the, the scene with the dog was awesome as well um you know as they're kind of like seeing if someone's infected or not like that was super tense and i loved like again like pedro's acting in that scene of him just being completely fucking helpless was so good um but yeah it kind of got the point of like yeah jackson is only going to be protected we can't just go blabbing about it on the radio constantly because yes yeah. there are good people out there that we can help but there's a there's so many bad people in this world that are unfortunately just going to want to take and destroy what we have so yeah that that, that couple whilst isn't like an amazing scene on its own serves such a grander awesome purpose of like these two people are struggling and could do with the help of tommy in this community and it's so close to them but they just have yeah. no idea which yeah, i really well, love they seem fairly harmless and nice like they just mm. want to live their life and and just you know be comfortable and they're willing to work hard to be comfortable yeah. you know and if they have they that just, they just don't know 
Yeah. Which so yeah. I love that because that kind of ties into like why Tommy mm-hmm. hasn't spoke to him and stuff. So that's all great. And then like I say, everything at Jackson I thought was perfect. I loved Tommy so much. I think we obviously yeah. saw him in episode one, so I kind of knew he'd be good. I thought he was outstanding. To, to, again, he's a very much a character for me that's one for one. Like he's as good as the video game. Like they're yeah. both perfect to me, which I loved. Um, so he was fantastic. And yeah, we get you know a lot of different scenes. Obviously, like in the game, Ellie when when she finds out that joel is leaving her she steals a horse and goes off on her own um and we don't get that scene at all it kind of plays out very differently in the tv show which i find interesting um Mm. but then to kind of fast forward to the end obviously to tie back to my point earlier we we do get some bad stereotype tv stuff this to me is a small example of it which is that the last like eight or nine minutes which is incredible but it was so sped up for me um i almost was gonna have a heart attack because it was just like I, i've waited so long for this part the the get into the university um yeah. because it's one of my favorite parts of the game and it was like playing it on fast forward because yeah, I, I i was hyperventilating <laughs> yeah because because yeah. and, and it makes sense because i like okay i knew that they were going to end on joel being stabbed because that's a perfect tv cliffhanger whereas mm-hmm. obviously if you didn't have those awkward breaks in tv this would have ended with them leaving leaving jackson that's the natural stopping point like if you're playing the video game and you want a break that's when you put the controller down and then you have an extended sequence you're slowly going through the university because you're worried about there's infected but then you're also trying to find where the fireflies are you're slowly reading all these notes and files which i'm glad we did get that in the tv show i was so happy that they read a note Um, yeah i was and i'm so happy we got the monkeys yeah exactly so then you get the monkeys and like and that's such a good jump scare in the game because you think it's like infected the first time they jump out of the room um but yeah it's it was awesome because like again visually could not believe how much it looked like people in the real world walking in this video game world um mm. you know especially the the bit when it's on the horse because obviously that was like the multiplayer map in the first game so like i remember <laughs> that part so well <laughs> and to see that be perfectly emulated and obviously it is like a real life location but but obviously it's not the real life location it's a set in the show like it's very multiple layers of it's meta a huge here. set that's yeah. realized you know i mean 100%. Obviously, the sniper scene was pretty much that as well. Yeah, but, was um, <laughs> yeah that was insanely <laughs> the, big the set. Like, to the detail yeah. in these scenes is what really makes it special for us because we yeah. have so much familiarity with Jackson, specifically from part two, which I massively popped for. Mm. But then this one of my favorite sequences in the game to see it be so perfectly realized but then yeah the only downside is it's just it's so quick because and again i get it because you're not going to have a, a, a two-hour section of you sneaking for a university like of course and it's a different medium but like i couldn't believe how i was like i, I kept looking at the time going there's four minutes left and the raiders yeah, haven't even showed up yet and it really is like what a minute between a raider showing up getting stabbed going off yeah. on the horse falling off on the horse episode over yeah. um but it it was it was amazing but i just felt like it was a bit too quick yeah Uh, i I guess the thing is there's no way to to make that that bit you described really any longer like other than mm. him battling loads of raiders which would have you know wouldn't have had the impact i think like i do agree it was super quick and like yeah like i said i was hyperventilating during it but i think i think strap in because that's going to be the next (laughs) the next few episodes really where we got we got so much to cover because um yeah the, the the crazy stuff that happens in the game is pretty much from now um mm. so you know it, it is going to be insane i think um like 
the the only the only like overall criticism I've got of the the show so far is the fact that we have so few encounters with infected. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, this was the first episode, right? Like, Where we this, didn't see any episode, infected. Yeah, I was, that's what I was then thinking. Like, we didn't see a single infected, um, and I think it really does. Um, it makes the world seem way less dangerous than what it is in, in a way that is, is a negative because, but it's so hard to, to, you know, other than make a 200 hour version of the last of us. But I just think like when Tommy speaks to Joel and he says, it is pretty dangerous to get to the university. And then they make a joke of it where they're like, well, that fucking five days was easy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of it is really. Yeah. Like, they even know, joke about this not... area with Jackson just being fine, essentially. Yeah. Like there's like no infected there. No infected and very few raiders, you know. Mm. And and I'm just like, you know, in the game, you go there and you have this big scene with a bloater yeah. and quite a few infected. And it does make you, you're way less comfortable in the video game at any moment because you feel like an infected might jump out at you whereas in the show i've already grown to like accept that like infected feel like they're just big moments Mm -hmm. you know when i got the recap of last week and you saw the car sinking (laughs) into the ground and it was almost like you know an entrance theme for a for a wrestler (laughs) like okay here comes here comes the uh the infected yeah and and yeah i just kind of feel like there just needs to be more scenes where it, they're just quick encounters with the infected but but that's obviously me with my little monocle on being like yeah i want to you know have everything perfect whereas to make an infected probably takes about 100 hours worth of makeup so they're mm-hmm. like yeah we're gonna we're gonna bring him in in the big big moments but we can't make you know because it's not just a zombie the clickers look insane mm. um we haven't seen a clicker like properly have we for like apart from that one scene (laughs) yeah because like we've just seen like a lot of infected and it's like man the clickers look so good like wouldn't have been great if we'd have just had a five or ten minute scene with with the with a clicker in the university yeah yeah just to like Especially after Ellie was training as well. Yeah. Like, this, this would be the perfect time to show Ellie's progression that she single-handedly can take down a clicker now. Mm, yeah. But I think, you know, I, I get it because we have also seen a lot of Joel's weaknesses in the show. Mm. So, in you know, in the video game, Joel is fairly emotionless. And yeah. he is... You can tell he's old, mainly from the gameplay mechanics, that he's very mm. slow at climbing things and ambling but he's also incredibly strong and and you know you, you're you're fighting hundreds of people in the video game that, that you're taking out infected and you know raiders etc um whereas in the show he is a lot more frail and a lot more vulnerable and a lot more emotional and i think yeah if you then start having scenes where ellie is um single-handedly kind of taking out the enemy it almost kind of is like, well, why the f- why is she even bothering with Joel? Like, she's good. Mm. Like, he's yeah. just this mess that's having panic attacks and fixing his shoe. Like, so, <laughs> you know, I, I can see why um, they don't have him. But, I, I, yeah, I would have liked it. But, I, I mean, or, I, at this point, I'm just like, yeah, I just want 20 minutes more, basically. Just could every mm. episode be 20 minutes longer? And then guess what? If you gave me an episode that was 20 minutes longer, I'd just want it 20 minutes longer than exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm only 
saying that there's more that I want in it, I wouldn't take a second out of the show that we got this week because I fucking loved every bit of it. Um, I um, I definitely want to go talk about more positive stuff, but there was one small negative that I wanted to bring up, and it's mainly because of the fact that I did plant the seed for this already on the show, and then it ended up happening in a weird way. Um, Sarah, the use of Sarah in this episode. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, yeah, you, you already know, because I literally said it on the show, which is hilarious, that for me the game specifically the two games it, it to me it's so powerful that you start the first game you play as sarah she dies and they never revisit anything with sarah yeah. um she's she's barely talked off. about yeah you get like a photo that you can look at and but like again because joel shot off it's not like you're having these long conversations with ellie it's like very minuscule references to having a daughter yeah. in the future but yeah there's no flashbacks there's no other gameplay it's they they stayed true to that moment and it's it's really i think um so powerful because the game does mess around with flashbacks a lot as we go into it you know we've already seen it in the show with like bill and frank and it can be very impactful of course but there are certain things that i don't want them to touch with and i'd already mentioned that in it, watching the show where i was like i really hope they don't fuck with sarah uh, sadly they did and it's a shame because they were so close to doing it perfectly yeah, when, when he saw the back of the head and he thought he was looking at sarah i was like oh this is brilliant because again Incredible. i'm going to use the phrase again they, they were having their cake and eating it because it was like oh they're doing the thing that i want which is emotionally evoking sarah but without stepping over that line and that was that scene was perfect and then we then get like the christmas tree shot with like the two hands putting on the ornaments and i'm like oh this is so close i'm like i'll just you let you guys get away with this and then they couldn't bloody help themselves it was like a two second shot full on face of sarah and i was like really like and again i know that i'm in the minority it worked perfectly in terms of the emotional resonance resonance it landed brilliantly um and it was perfectly needed and everyone is gonna their hearts are gonna be broken in that moment which is exactly how they should feel but for me i would have loved to have never seen sarah again because the video games have done it and to me they have kind of undone that a little bit i think um, i think the thing about it is is that that scene is powerful enough without those two seconds I know. I was I was already broken. The, the, yeah, to be fair, perfect. the second I saw the back of of the you know the the um, doppelganger Sarah's mm. head, I was already emotionally broken. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and and again, it's Pedro's performance because yeah. he's in the midst of having a panic attack about Ellie, and that's the moment I think he he realizes mm. that like Ellie's my kin now because he's like he's having his panic attack. He sees this Sarah doppelganger. He sees what he could have had, that he could be a granddad right now and he could be living here with Sarah and everything mm -hmm. would be fantastic. And then suddenly she turns around and it's not Sarah and it fucking hits him. And you can see Pedro's performance, how it hits Joel like a ton of bricks. And then he's like instantly goes into the scene with Ellie where he's pushing her away because at this point he he feels inadequate the the you know he just fails you know sarah's dead tess is dead he cannot save ellie she saved him against a 14 year old boy you know the the he should have been able to overpower any sleep and couldn't um oh no sorry she's the 14 year old girl that he references but a young you know a, a, a yeah he did say i think person. it was similar he to did, that no he did he said 14 year old but i think he was talking about ellie being 14 mm. and having to save him but either way like she saves him there um you know, he can't even repair his shoe. <laughs> I love that scene. I just really love that. And and 
you know, and he, he's he's so scared of failing again that mm-hmm. he just wants to push her away because he cannot bear it. But then he also can't let her go at this point because she has become his daughter. Um, you know, that that morning when he's down there getting the horse ready, he he knows that, like, no matter what he set in motion and Tommy was prepared to take her as cargo and, you know, complete the mission, Joel couldn't let her go. And he, mm. he had to be there. And I just thought like Pedro delivered that emotion in that two seconds when the Sarah doppelganger turned around and yeah, we didn't need the Christmas tree and we didn't need the, um, the little flash of Sarah. And I don't, and I don't think, you know, I don't think most people would have been more heartbroken seeing that. Yes, it makes the scene longer, but I think the that is just a problem not, of handholding yeah. too much, isn't it? Yeah. They they don't re- they don't trust the audience enough, and it's a shame because yeah. the show is such high quality. And, but then there are just these small TV tropes where once we see that back of that head, we know what they're going for. But mm. clearly, it's like if it's focus tested or or if it's other people get involved. But clearly, there's enough people saying you need we need to show you nico parker's face playing sarah because otherwise people won't fully get it and it's a shame because yeah i love everything about all these sequences so so much in terms of the emotion of it to me it's just a cheat code to show someone's face and i get i get that's probably just a me thing but that is definitely tied to i have such a strong like i would be devastated if in the next naughty dog game in the last of us part three there's like a section of you yeah, playing sarah, sarah or, like, something, or just yeah. anything if we ever see sarah you go, again you go fix the watch with sarah yeah exactly like anything <laughs> you know, was they, they have I done think, such a good um, job of, of staying true to that so it's a shame because now i'm thinking well all bets are off like think, sarah could pop up at any time now yeah and i think as well when you talk about hand holding i think every every character that we've got because the couple at the start of this movie Mm -hmm. uh, movie of this episode and kathleen and kind of any of the (laughs) characters that we've got and even you know when we have expansion of of um characters Mm -hmm. um every one of them is really bringing home this sense of um love and and Mm -hmm. bond and companionship and um yeah, you can easily turn around and say, "Well, that is just most couples and most things," but yeah. it really does bring it home. And no, definitely, yeah. Um, we saw it again with Maria and Tommy because, yeah, like another yeah. small change, she's pregnant. Yeah. So obviously exactly. now he's going to have this life that that Joel wishes he had. <laughs> mm. And I think like just so so much of it, and yeah, with with her, with the the child that's died as well, and the chalkboard mm-hmm. with Sarah on, like all of it it's more handholding than the, than the game and it's mm-hmm. getting a little bit like you don't need to do it that much because if it, it basically it was almost like it was written before they realized that they had pedro and bella yeah where they're like fuck we you know you you play as joel and ellie well you play you know for for 20 hours in the game and you develop this this bond and you develop this father-daughter relationship and um we need to sell that to the audience because they, they're not going to play the game for 20 hours. So we need to have all these other sub relationships and new characters that just reinforce that. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but then you got Bella and Joel and like, I was already there like in episode like four, uh, their bond. And in this episode, like I'm just blown away by it and I don't need anything else because it's perfect. Like what they've done. Um, and like I say, not that any of it's bad. Cause I think her being pregnant is a great choice. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
and sparked a great conversation. You know, I thought the whole kind of Joel said, you know, when he's like, do you think I'm going to be a good dad? And Joel's like, well, I guess we'll find out. Like, that's so, like, like I can see why Joel's salty, but I'm also like, damn it, don't be that, like, bitter, like, you know. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Like, I was pretty annoyed in the first scene between Joel and Tommy. I I wasn't because that would have been me. Yeah, but I, so, so for me, that was one of these slight things, because we've talked a lot about how this version of Joel in the mm. TV show is way more emotional. Um, mm. And I think that, to me, this scene came across as one that was, like, not rewritten to fit the Joel in the TV show. That felt like Joel from the video game to me, where he was like, yep, yeah, fuck everything. Like, this sucks. Um, and he was just kind of throwing things in Tommy's face, which I, yeah, which I didn't he, think this version uh, of Joel would do that. Yeah, you see, I think this... I think but, then he he did, but, then he, but then he did completely break down emotionally after that, which yeah. was fine because then it, it kind of made he, more I think sense. With Tommy, because I think that is the Joel that he he reverted back to to Tommy Joel. Yeah, but he's now Ellie Joel, and I think yeah. that's what it was that he didn't want to lose face. You know, mm. he he had, he always rescues his brother in the in the first episode. He he leaves mm. Sarah to go get Tommy out of prison. He he rescues Tommy. That's how this goes, and. Joel has gone there kind of to get help off Tommy because he because he knows where the fireflies are, but also in the back of his head, he thinks Tommy's in trouble. Mm. And Joel's like, oh, I'm going to rescue you from the situation and then you can tell me where the fireflies are. And suddenly he rocks up and Tommy's got it made. He's living yeah. in... This is this is, uh, this is is paradise for yeah. the world we're in. Like, you don't get better than, than this. And It's um, so funny how we've seen that twice now. And I think that goes into the point funny. you were making about the less... The fact that there isn't there isn't many infected, yeah. then we were already talking the about scarcity. the kind of yeah, like the scarcity of resources and food and ammunition. Um, you know, and kind of differed on like how much you know Joel and Tess had because to me it made a bit more sense because they've been saving for so long. But then mm. it is weird that like yeah, they're just necking whiskey. Yeah, because and again, it's like it's fine because these things are finite. You know, we've clearly seen people that are struggling like Henry and Sam and stuff, but like. It is funny that we've seen two different examples now of like there is happiness to be found in this world. It's not like completely impossible. Like it's it's unlikely and and life is clearly worse, but it's not impossible. You know, these kids that are in this commune um, having a great time. Yeah, like they will have a fairly decent life in you know, in the confines of a of a much smaller scope. So yeah, it is fascinating to me that they've kind of shown I a like lot that of though, that. I think I think it's I important do as well, to have yeah. that hope because the game sometimes doesn't have hope you know mm. and and uh, yeah and i think it works so well and i think with um you know with with that scene i think joel having that resentment because he's like yeah tommy's got it made and he and i loved it when he was like how's tess he's like she's fine but he can't lose face and tell her mm-hmm. tell him what happened with tess straight away and when ellie's like oh man he, uh, like uh, you're gonna let her sleep in a bed We're, we've been having it rough like this is gonna be fantastic and he's like yeah. we had it that bad like <laughs> i love that line because i was yeah. like that's exactly what i'd do like you know you wouldn't want to lose face because you're the you're the hero like you know i'm joel i protect you tommy i don't just you know and then suddenly i come here and you're you're giving me a house like you're the one that slept on my couch mate like you know and i just i, just, I thought it was really well done and then for that to then quickly de- devolve when joel sees the sarah and has that panic attack and kind of, you know, then just breaks in front of Tommy. Uh, you know, I, I thought that that whole transition w- was perfect for me. 
Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I, I want to give a shout out as well to the kind of scenes between Joel and Ellie traveling and kind of oh, you know him him explaining like the rules of football to her was great. And then obviously we got the talking about yeah. prospective jobs and we've kind of already set that up with Ellie's kind of fascination mm-hmm. with the sky. And so to see that realized with them referencing that astronaut and, and then obviously him telling her like he wants to be a singer. Yeah, um, that was huge. Yeah, it was just like oh, the, the, these are the moments that just like fill my heart with joy because it just reminds me of of how unbelievably perfect those two video games are. Um, yeah. and, in, and in terms of that story that they got across, like we haven't seen anything like it. We truly haven't. I know we talk about it time and time again, and and there's plenty of video games I love, and most video games I play and love, I don't play for story. Um, mm. You know, I watch films for story. But I think what The Last of Us has done, creating a world and these characters, is really just completely unheard of in the medium. There are, there are absolutely fantastic video game stories, of course there are, but there isn't yeah. anything like The Last of no, Us. No, but there's, there's things games. that we've spoken about, like with, you know, the crossover, we've spoken a lot on this podcast about Resident Evil, and mm-hmm. I, for one, love the resident evil story in the game yeah but it's dumb as fuck yeah like, it's a know, video game tropey story that just yeah, gets you where you need to go like but it but i love the hell out of it whereas this is just like yeah this is uh, this is just on a different level and i that's think why I'm, that's why i'm so happy yeah, because i've always thought that the last of us was on par with the greatest stories ever yeah. it, you know it's people always put it in the context of it for a video game and yeah. i always wanted to throw that tag away and be like the last of us is one of the greatest stories ever told full stop yeah and i, and I think this show is proving that clearly but yeah, I loved it. Yeah, when when she's when she's like, do you know who my favorite astronaut is? He's like Sally Ride, Sally fucking Ride. <laughs> like it was so, it was so perfect. And I think you know, uh, but even um, they're amazing together. Like the the more you yeah. see the two of them, I'm like, oh man, they just the casting was just exceptional. And like, I think that's why where I wanted to give Bella the shout out, where I'm like, because we haven't, I don't think we've given her the the love that we you know necessarily did it took a little while to Mm. get used to this ellie more and i think it is because she is more similar to ellie in the game you know that they are they are a lot closer to each other than the two versions of joel we've got you know we've got pedro joel and we've got Mm. troy joel and they feel very different and and so you i could kind of love this joel a lot more whereas this one is so close to the video game and her her delivery is almost identical. Mm. Um, you know, it does blow my mind every week that she didn't play the game. Um, I think as well, like the, the scenes with Maria and Ellie were fantastic because obviously we don't get any of those in the game. Like mm. Ellie finding out about Sarah and all of that. And and like Maria has this like great line that I, I'm going to butcher because I can't quite remember it, where she's basically saying like, you know, you're not, you're not trusting me and you're not telling me everything there is to know but that's a good thing because the people you trust are the people that can truly hurt you mm. um you know so just be careful with joel because you truly clearly trust him and i thought like that was just great because it's like it's so true that like in this world of infected and raiders and people trying to kill you they can kill you but the only people that can truly hurt you are the people that you let in um and i just thought that was great like it just just and uh, one of these lines that it's not in the game and it's, uh, it's just you know hit me um yeah. and and yeah like the fact that the show can deliver that and then deliver ellie in the bedroom kind of saying about joel leaving her and her losing everyone and that is just 100 percent word for word with the game and both are fantastic like people people that haven't played the game have just got such a treat on their hands and i can't wait because um 
like the, the questions that must be there from the finale of this episode mm-hmm. and kind of like, I'm just so excited for the beginning of like next week's show and like mm-hmm. talking about next week's show and like people that haven't played the game and then like <laughs> to get next week. I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. I think we've both been very, very excited to see this. Like we've all known that this is coming. And mm. so the fact that we're here now and we know that this is what we're going to get next week. Um, I can't yeah. wait. I think it's going to, I think it's going to blow people away. Um, yeah. Like this is, but this is such a, a, a such a special part of the video game, um, sure. and it was when they, I think they solidified a lot of stuff for me in terms of the Last of Us and the world and the characters, um, mm. and kind of moved that forward into part two. So I, yeah, I, I'm so excited yeah. to see this week's episode. This... I think it's going to be a special one, and especially in terms of like, it's funny you mentioning Bella a lot this week because yeah. I do think yeah, next no, week she week. will dominate the conversation, yeah. <laughs> hopefully sure. in a good way. Yeah. Um, I, I do think as well that, that what you were touching upon there, that this this part of the game solidified my love of Last of Us, but also Joel and Ellie mm-hmm. more than anything else, because I love post-apocalyptic. I love the world of clickers. I loved how post <laughs> the outbreak day we are, and so everything was overgrown. Everything like that was my vibe, and I was loving it. And And... I would have loved the last of us video game, even if the story hadn't been that great with the world they created. Yeah. And, and when we got to this point in the game where I was like, it almost became a bit like quiet place where I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about like clickers and the world and everything else. I specifically care about Joel and Ellie and their story Mm. now. And I don't really care that, that Ellie has got this bite and she might be the cure and, and like this, this you know pipe dream of a cure and we can get beyond this i don't even care about that i just care about these two characters yeah Um, and it was at this point in the game that i felt that way yeah it's amazing i I, it's it's so great to talk about every week i I feel like it's it's really cool that we've been able to do this on the show because i don't think there's ever been anything in general that we kind of collectively love as much as the last of us across mm. anything that we've got to specifically talk about on the show because yeah. um, obviously we talk about individual movies and there's been so many movies that i adore um but i'm always a bit cautious because you know they've we mostly talk about new films obviously we've talked about wes craven and our love of, of that man's filmography and stuff but like we typically talk about new stuff so it's it's usually that initial reaction it's not talking and obviously you, you do franchise movies so it then gets into the conversation but like this is something that we've loved for a decade um mm. and it's so special to us um and so to see it do this transition to a different medium whilst the story is still ongoing in its original form um and to see it done it's pretty much flawlessly and it would also be very different i think that's something that's so great is that we're not just watching it's not like i'm bored because we've played the game so many times you know like this week's episode hit all of the same emotional beats and all of the things we're talking about in terms of character and joel and ellie but like most of the scenes um yeah, you know specifically to change it all and put it in jackson was just a complete masterstroke in my opinion so i think this was this might be my favorite episode because it hit all of the beats that i loved in this part of the game but then they deviated a lot and i think a lot of it made way more sense as a tv show um it was only the the the, obviously the university stuff just felt a bit rushed but again i got why they did it they couldn't have done it any other way they needed to end on a cliffhanger but it was a case of like yeah this part i much enjoyed playing in the game more than watching for six minutes at the end of an episode um but it was still exceptional like god what, what a goddamn tv show this is um 
I think that's the thing. But I think as well, it's something that like, like my love of the last of us technically began when I played uncharted one, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, Oh, okay. I suddenly, well, crash Bandicoot. And, yeah, well, yeah. But, you know, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like they're making these uncharted games and I'm loving each one more and more. Then we get mm. an announcement that they're making a survival horror game. And I'm like, Oh shit. What? Mm. And then like, we get to see the imagery, like as the game's being made, like it isn't, I, this game landed in my hand 10 years ago and I fell in love with it. Like I fell in love with this game. The second I saw the first clip of it, uh, yeah. you know, I got the title announcement. Yeah. Um, I still remember yeah. the game awards when it got announced. Mm. Um, and, and there was like the, obviously there was the, we, we knew that naughty dog were working on a new IP because there was the Easter egg. Yeah. And I believe it was uncharted free. Um, that had like the newspaper in the pub that was like mushroom infection takes over the yeah. world. Um, and it's just crazy to me that it, this all started in terms of fandom, um, an Easter egg in a newspaper on Uncharted 3. Yeah. Um, and now we're here watching, in my opinion, the, the best piece of television I've seen in the last decade. Mm. Um, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And this is this is just the start. I think that's the great thing is that we know we know there's more coming of the TV show. We know there's plenty more games coming as well. It's just it's such a great time to love this stuff. It really is. Um I think seeing that much of Jackson as well, like I just, I, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy this show for what it is at the moment, but I can't help but keep thinking about what's to come, like all yeah, the time. And no, seeing Jackson this much fleshed out, I was like, man, they've clearly like already pulled. So, I mean, this is unbelievable. How this is like one of the main major locations from part two was mm. the entire setting of an episode in in season one of this yeah, show. Like, they're absolute maniacs. <laughs> Yeah, they are absolute maniacs. And that, but that's why I'm also terrified because I'm like, I want this show to go on forever. And I'm like, you realize you only got two video games and you've, mm. you're doing one whole video game in season one. Like, and, and, and we've already had some parts of two. Yeah. And some <laughs> DLC as well is coming up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, I know. Cause that, that's crazy. You think about had they not done the DLC and incorporated in the show, like we know they're going to, mm. that could have been like a, a two, three hour mini episode arc in like a year um yeah. to kind of fill in between seasons so yeah it's, it's crazy yeah. like the way they've done it for sure but my god it's been special um yeah. but yeah that is uh that is it for another week um i have no idea about next week currently because i'm just thinking about the last of us yeah uh, let's just not pretend anymore we'll just <laughs> we'll just like have a 10 minute discussion about any on-demand movie and then we can just talk about last of us yeah let's just do that we'll we'll, we'll find something this is still yeah. somewhat a new horror movie podcast um but let's yeah. be honest this is just the last of us podcast for now it's fine so yeah exactly. maybe it'll just be that forever i mean our you know our listenership is the best it's ever been so clearly we're doing something right um yeah exactly <laughs> and uh i mean it's it's a bit preposterous though like because i, I know they're like, used to these links to these episodes though <laughs> well this, this too yeah but um like at year end like we i mean i guess we have actor awards and other stuff like that but i'm like well best tv like it's done it's done Mm -hmm. like spoiler alert in in you know our, our year-end show this is the best tv show. i want to retroactively <laughs> give it all of our best tv show awards <laughs> yeah yeah and in a world that like stranger things exists and i love mm -hmm. stranger things as much as i do but this when you said yeah this is the best tv show like that we've had since we started the podcast i'm like yep yeah <laughs> i'm like man like that's, I know, we've that's, had some amazing tv yeah, black mirror ash versus yeah. evil dead Stranger things we've had great stuff but it's not even close yeah, to this again like <laughs> yeah you know yeah and it's like yeah it's, this is a whole different level 
no this is yeah, this I is just like everyone listening is, is on board as well because otherwise yeah you're gonna get sick and tired of us talking about it <laughs> yeah i think they would have long passed like this yeah. is week six of this now so <laughs> yeah um but yeah like you say it's not like it's uh eaten into the podcast it just turns out the podcast is basically doubled in length for, for yeah, the time being yeah. um but yeah, yeah. that was that it's only was... going to get longer the discussion because we know we know what's coming in the next episode <laughs> yeah i know like we've already kind of figured out that i think the finale is going to drop around the time scream comes out um yeah so we might have to end up just doing like two shows or something that week because we're not gonna be able to put out like a four-hour podcast yeah we can't do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this is these are all good problems to have um yeah. but yeah that was episode 337 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone